Chapter 17. It's time to grow up. God has acted to set the world right and to rescue us from slavery to human religious programs. Richard B. Hayes. Doesn't the Bible teach that God himself originated at least the Hebrew religion? Didn't he make a personal appearance on Mount Sinai to deliver the law to Moses himself? Didn't that body of law called the Torah or teaching go way beyond the Ten Commandments to include hundreds of religious rules, rituals, and routines? If God calls us to abandon religion, why would he have ever supported it at all, let alone introduce his people to it in the first place? If God changed his modus operandi with humankind, does that mean that he has made a mistake that needed to be undone? Was Jesus sent to tell us that God had changed his mind about religion? There are many scenarios where developing circumstances call for a developing approach. In these situations, the need for change does not nullify the fact that the original approach was appropriate for its time. We treat a seed differently once it becomes a plant, even though it is not essentially changed in substance. In the same way, Jesus treated the Old Testament as the seed which gave birth to something wonderfully new. We read in Luke, Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it with? It is like this. A man takes a mustard seed and sows it in his field. The plant grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make their nests in its branches. Luke 13, 18-19 From seed to plant to tree to home for other living things. Same substance, different stages. Each stage is right for its time, but eventually needs to give way to something greater. No matter how much Jesus tried to call his fellow Israelites into a different way of interpreting and applying Torah, he never said that Torah itself was a mistake. He did, however, tell us that we need a new understanding and application of it. Matthew 5:17-48 and Matthew 12:1-8. His earliest followers made the same case in their writings. For example, read Romans and Galatians. The law is still good, but its role in our lives must change. Parents know that different stages of child development require different parenting styles. This evolving method does not nullify the validity of earlier styles. Rather, it simply means that each style is appropriate to the developmental level of the child. Throughout the Bible, God uses the analogy of parenthood to teach us about our relationship with Him. As God's children, we can expect Him to parent us appropriately through our various stages of spiritual growth. When young, children need stricter rules and tighter boundaries. As we grow up, hopefully, the rules can relax and we can get to know our parents, not only as parents, but also as friends. When we are young, we need to be told what to do, what to wear, how to behave, what to eat. As we grow older, every parent hopes that the instructions received in childhood will become internalized principles of adult living. I have two daughters. When Chelsea and Chanel were young, my wife and I would have to tell them what to wear when going out, how much of their meal they had to finish, when they had to go to bed, where they could ride their scooters, and what they could watch on television and so on. I didn't mind that, it's part of parenting. But it is only an early stage of parenting. If, however, after a number of years, my girls are still calling me from university and asking, Daddy, what can I wear today? Or do I have to finish all my vegetables? Or what time do I have to go to bed tonight? I'm not going to consider myself a successful parent. Successful parenting is a process of early instruction leading to later incorporation. What starts out as rules and routines should eventually become principles and priorities that our children carry with them into their adult lives. The very same is true for God and his kids. In the earlier stages of humanity, our spiritual dad gave us the same kinds of rules, regulations, and routines that all children need. 
However, that phase of parent-child relationship can never be an end in itself, but it is a means to an end. Old Covenant law was valuable as a tutor, says Paul in Galatians 3, 24 and 25. And it's still valuable today as a source of divine principles, says Jesus in Matthew 5, 17 to 18. But God's goal for humanity has always been to move us towards personal relationship with him as friends, John fifteen fifteen. This is why Christ followers should value the Old Testament as scripture or truth teaching without the obligation to practice every dietary law or religious routine. Although the principles are timeless, the specific practice of those principles may now be obsolete. Behind every rule parents give their children lies a lasting principle, yet it should be the principles, not the rules, that endure. This is a recurring theme in the New Testament. Look at what the Apostle Paul writes to the early Christian church. I want to tell you this. While those who will inherit their father's property are still young, they are no different from slaves. It does not matter that the children own everything. While they are children, they must obey those who are chosen to care for them. But when the children reach the age set by their fathers, they are free. It is the same for us. We were once like children, slaves to the useless rules of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, who was born of a woman and lived under the law. God did this so that he could buy freedom for those who were under the law, and so we could become his children. Galatians 4, 1-5 Useless Rules of This World That is what religion amounts to when we focus on the precepts instead of the principles. God has a message for religious people who still cling to these useless rules. It's time to grow up.